0: Welcome back to another Falcon and Winter Soldier mini review brought to you by the Politipop podcast, the podcast where we read between the lines of your favorite pop culture media and discuss the social and political themes within. Uh, As you've heard on previous mini reviews, this is going to be a little bit less political, but honestly, the show seems to be getting a lot more political. So I'm just going to talk about the story and handle it uh, from there. So uh, first off, um, I love that we saw John Walker start to break. He wasn't in this episode much, but I think you can really see the pressure getting to him that like, you know, just like Zemo said, like these these icons, that's what Captain America became. And and John Walker is trying to model himself after the icon of Captain America, not realizing that it was actually the character of Steve Rogers that made the hero so great. So, uh, so we see him, like, you know, really trying to accomplish the mission at any cost. He almost, he almost knocks a guy out for spitting in his face, which was an awesome moment. I love that that guy spit in his face. I thought it was really cool that, uh, that Hoskins, uh, you know, Lamar Hoskins, he seems to be on the level. You know, even though he is a soldier, he seems to be, you know, kind of like the Jiminy Cricket of John Walker. He's like, listen, dude, like, you know, not only does he know German, which is cool, like, he, he is actually the more qualified of the two to be Captain America. But, you know, as we saw before, they didn't want Sam to be Captain America. I wonder why they don't want Hoskins to be Cap either. Interesting, you know, because c- if you look back at, at the origins of Cap, it wasn't the strongest guy that that made the hero. It was a good man that made the hero. And then he was given the strength. Uh, Dr. Erskine said, I just rewatched the movie uh, this week, so that's why I have I have it in my head. But he he says that a man who has known strength his whole life uh, doesn't respect it. But somebody who has been weak understands the value of strength. So that's that's what makes Captain America Captain America. Uh, so, so yeah, we uh, we see Hoskins also like seeing the bigger picture here. He's like, he's like, listen, like you know, we don't have any leads. These guys are 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 trying to help people. They're taking resources and redistributing it to the people. Like it's not that big of a deal. and and I think John Walker, like he's more concerned about the optics of it. like he really needs a win. Uh, and of course, we see at the end of the episode, he is all about uh, he's all about like, listen, what we're gonna do you know the ends are going to justify the means and we don't know exactly what it is so it's going to be uh it's going to be fun to see that next zemo holy shit i'm so glad to see him return i i had a feeling that he was going to use those code words to to try and get bucky to, to turn again but uh but it was cool that it didn't that 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 they didn't get him to turn uh, also He's super woke? What happened? <laughs> like, I love that he's not just like a villain who's like, I want to destroy the world. No, like, Zemo, that's not his accent either. Uh, but like, you know, that's that's the classic villain trope of just, I want to rule the world. And, you know, Marvel has been really, uh, has been doing a much better job with their villains. Like, you know, Loki was the one who wanted to rule the world. Uh, but you know, then you have Thanos, who his ultimate goal was to bring balance to the galaxy. You have Killmonger, who you know it seems like his methods were too extreme, but his ultimate goal was to uh, bring equity to the to the black community all throughout the world and try and uh, try and uh, provide some sort of agency and a means uh, wh- with which they could gain their their freedom. And um, are there other good villains? I mean Zemo isn't Zemo's not like a, a great villain. Zemo so Zemo's whole um whole reason for being in Civil War was so he could get revenge on the Avengers for uh his family dying. Like that was it. It was a very personal goal. But, you know, we forget that he was an ops officer. Like he uh you know, and apparently he was also rich because he is a baron. Like I don't know if he mentioned the baron title, but in the in the in the MCU, but in the comic books, he's known as Baron Zemo, and uh, and yeah, he's smart. He knows all about the African American experience. Uh, he's aware of the myopic nature of of the United States mentality regarding fashion and everything. Like he is super woke, and I think that that is hilarious. <laughs> um and uh and obviously you know you see that he's he you know he was also rich too and he's like he's like yeah you guys destroyed my country uh so you know i i, I couldn't really be a baron anymore but yeah I, I i have means uh so i thought that that was awesome too and it also says something that like you know that he embarked on the mission that he did uh against the avengers the the campaign against them because he didn't really have to like you know, somebody loses lose their family. If they had the means, they could just make another one and live happily and comfortably for the rest of their lives. But that's not what Zemo wanted to do. Uh, continuing on my uh, on my train of loving all the villains in this, we have the Flag Smashers. We see a little bit more about uh, Carly Morgenthau, and uh, and we find out that the Flag Smashers actually have the remainder of the Super Soldier Serum, and uh, and that you know she apparently the Flag Smashers were started. By uh by Mama Danya, Dania Madani. I wonder if that has any relation to the Punisher series, because there was a person named Madani in there as well. Um maybe they showed like a picture, but I was looking at my phone at the time, so excuse me. All right? It's 2021. It's what we do what we do. Um But uh but yeah, I was surprised that she blew up that that GRC building. Um, you know, and of course this is where we see, oh, you know, the ends don't justify the means, like you know that's a, she had a good plan, but then she's she's hurting people. And I just want to say, it is a personal pet peeve of mine that we are constantly holding people to different standards. Like the GRC was holding six months of supplies that could have been saving people, and every second those weren't saving people, they were killing people. People were dying because they needed those things. So you know, you really gotta you got you got to run the numbers. And like we're so fine with with things being the way they are even though they are terrible you know not to quote the joker right but like you know he says you know we'll, we'll always go along with the plan you know no matter how no matter how horrifying the plan is right um but yeah so so i, I personally i don't know i wouldn't have blown that place up if i were her but she said there's the only thing that they understand and like you know we're fine with with you know, with people like John Walker going into other countries and murdering people, right? Which he hasn't done in the show, but that's his job. As a soldier, that is his job, to go into other countries and murder people. So we're fine with that, but the second, you know, this quote-unquote extremist who wants to give uh, power and means and resources to the people uh, take some lives, oh, all of a sudden, she's labeled the bad guy. So I thought that that was, uh, that was interesting, you know? How about we hold the bad guys to the same standards that we're holding the good guys to? Or the other way around? We hold the oppressors to the same standards that we hold the victims to, right? You never judge the per- you know, you, you don't judge the person who throws the first punch as harshly as you always judge the person who delivers the punch back. Oh, well, you shouldn't have reacted that way. You shouldn't have done that. Blah blah blah. No, it's You you don't you don't get to say how a person gets to react when they were the ones who who were oppressed or victimized in the first place. So that's that. Um and uh, oh, man, we have the Dora Malage at the end of the episode. That was wild. That was so cool. And of course, Bucky would know, you know, uh, and and also there, you know, we're forgetting about the politics of it. But like, yeah, Zemo killed King T'Chaka and and didn't that kind of breeded like a civil war in Wakanda, too, didn't it? Because you know T'Challa took over, but then Killmonger came back, and you know in that absence of power, like there was there was this whole struggle and conflict, which unfortunately led to the death of Killmonger and probably a lot of other Wakandans in that battle because people sided with with different leaders. Uh, but but yeah, uh, of course they would be coming to find the guy who murdered their king. So. I, uh, I'm very interested to see how, how that plays out. Anything else? Oh, uh, it was so cool seeing Agent 13, Sharon Carter back in. I can't believe she was only in that one episode. I hope they bring her back later on because she was like she was kicking ass in that in that storage container yard, like trying to make sure that she bought Sam and Bucky and Zemo time uh, to get the information from Nagel. Uh, she was like she was like she was in it. man. That, that was so cool. And uh, and I like how you know she's very much like against the system because after uh, Winter Soldier she joined the CIA, and then of course we're hearing those names be thrown around. Like Nagel said that he was recruited by the CIA after Hydra. Like, aren't these supposed to be the good guys? Why are they taking Nazi scientists? Or I mean, I know that Nagel wasn't a Nazi scientist, but he was working for Nazi scientists. Like Hydra are Nazis at their core. They might have, they might have really leaned into the whole science and world domination part, but that's their that's their thing. Like the CIA will work with whoever they need to work with. The US is going to work with whoever they need to work with regardless of 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 what it means to get the job done. So, I mean, maybe John Walker is Captain America. because he's willing to do the same thing. Uh, I thought all the Madripoor scenes were awesome. You know, I thought it was funny to see Sam try and be the smiling tiger and have to drink the, uh, what was that? Was it a venom sack from the snake? I don't know. It would have been cool if they mentioned what it was. Uh, But I thought that was cool, seeing Bucky kick ass in the bar. Uh, I I like this. I like this little, like, spy stuff. I like the espionage stuff. I want to learn. I want to see this mystery unravel and see where things go. Who's the power broker? Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Let me see, was there anything else in this episode that I forgot? You know what? If there was, then we'll let Ty take it over. Okay, that's right. For those of you who are new to this, uh, both co-hosts of the Politopop podcast are going to be providing their individual takes and, and not talking together about this. So here comes Ty with his take on episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot one more thing. I have a theory that some broken form of the super soldier serum is already in John Walker. I said that he was a really, really good shot last time. Um, I think that uh, I think there's something in there and it might be a broken form. And that's why like they're hunting these people down to get like a more pure form of the winter soldier. I think it's really getting in his head. Uh, Also, it was great that Sam noted uh, later on in the plane how like the scientists spoke about Isaiah like he wasn't even a person, like he was just a means to an end. Um, which I think I've used that a lot today, but, uh, okay, now for real, let's go to Ty. What do you have to say, buddy?
1: Hey, this is Ty from the political podcast, reviewing the Falcon and winter soldier episode three power broker. All right. So let's get right into it. Uh, I thought this was the best of the three episodes so far. This is the midway point of the season. And uh, I thought it was pretty thrilling It had uh, a very unique kind of tone to it We got to see Madripoor For any comic book fans out there We know Wolverine has visited the city Multiple times in the past um, And it was kind of cool to see it You know, on the big screen It has this kind of like Cyberpunk, uh, futuristic look to it uh, Some shady underground stuff And it, it just was really A really cool setting for these characters We got to see, you know Uh, Sam and Bucky kind of play out this Mission Impossible, John Wick-esque kind of mission where they go undercover and uh, there's a lot of action and, you know, gunplay and, you know, we get to see Bucky impersonate the Winter Soldier once again. So it was very cool. Um, Obviously, the big thing is that they teamed up with... Baron Zemo, you know, Bucky planned to have him broken out of prison without telling Sam, and he did so, and the three of them team up, and I think Zemo has kind of been taking uh, the internet by storm. People seem to really enjoy him. I know I did. He's been very charismatic, um, kind of funny, intelligent, and turns out incredibly deadly. You know, we didn't get to see him in action a whole lot in the Civil War film. Um, You know, we saw him plot a lot of things there and you know he was he was kind of brutal uh in his methods but now we get to see him you know wearing his mask and you know he's he's a apparently an expert marksman and fighter and he's he's kicking some ass so it's uh it's pretty cool to see um and it's hard to kind of not root for him even though you know he's a bad guy and you know his uh his dynamic with sam and bucky is really fun they have some cool conversations ...on the plane, including talking about music with Marvin Gaye... ...and, you know, again, we get to see Bucky kind of as a man out of time... ...he doesn't really enjoy this music, and, you know, he, he says he does... ...but you can tell that he's just saying that, you know, and Sam's like, are you kidding me? And, uh, you know, Zemo has that line where it's about, you know, uh, the black experience... ...which, you know, Sam's like, well, he's out of line, but he's right. Um, so there's definitely some cool moments there, um, and, and I really enjoyed it. We also see them team up with Sharon Carter who we have not seen since Civil War, which was really odd. You know, she's the great niece of Peggy Carter, and she had a very brief romance with Steve Rogers. They kissed in Civil War. She helped him, you know, escape with uh, with Bucky. She she snuck out, you know, weapons for them, the shield, the wings for Falcon. And we never saw her again. Well, it turns out that she never got pardoned like the rest of them. So she has not been able to return home to the United States. Uh, she's an underground art dealer, and she's been surviving here in Madripoor, and she's become very, very bitter, uh, which is sad, but it also made her kind of cool. You know, she's a total badass. She she actually, you know, uh, helps them fight. She saves them a few times. She's sniping out guys, fighting hand-to-hand, doing a little Black Widow-esque moves. Um, very cool entrance for her, and I really hope we get to see more of her in this show and maybe even in the films, you know. It, it would be cool. Uh, To see her her be brought back and hopefully she gets pardoned because she helped them out a whole lot. So again, just a very, very cool episode. A lot of fun action. We don't see a whole lot of John Walker. I think he has like one or two scenes where we see him kind of getting frustrated, you know. Uh, I think he's getting kind of caught up in his whole persona and he demands a little more respect from people. But he's not really getting the results that he... He wants, and I think we're going to see this kind of uh, start to take a toll on him. And I th- I personally think we're going to see him get frustrated by his lack of uh, Captain America powers, right? He doesn't have the enhanced strength, and I think it's going to lead to him taking the serum. I could be wrong, but that's my guess. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, we also see, you know, the Flag Smashers kind of continuing to do good work? I guess their, you know, their intentions really are good, they're for the people. Um, and then anyone who listens to this podcast knows we are for the people. So, you know, I, I like what they're doing. Um, unfortunately, they're kind of doing it in a pretty brutal way. And, you know, listen, I know sometimes you have to, you got to use violence to, to get results. But, uh, you know, Carly, the leader of the Flag Smasher, she kind of goes a little too far and she winds up murdering a whole lot of people. And I think even her, her fellow, you know, allies and friends are a little shocked by how far she's willing to go. So... That was, uh, you know, kind of surprising. Um, you know, uh, at the very end of the episode, Bucky's confronted by uh, I.O. of Wakanda, who, you know, is obviously here to take Zemo in. If people don't remember, Zemo murdered uh, King T'Chaka before, you know, T'Challa, the Black Panther, took over and, uh, you know, tried to frame... Bucky for it. So Wakanda is not a fan of Baron, uh, you know Baron Zemo. He's he's not he's not popular amongst them. But Bucky does have a pretty good relationship with Wakanda at this point. You know, um, T'Challa took him in, helped uh, you know get get the, the programming out of his head, gave him a new arm. You know he fought in Wakanda against Thanos. Um, they called him the White Wolf. Apparently, yeah. That's a thing. Uh, and, uh, and you know, it, it, he does have a pretty interesting relationship with the people of Wakanda. He lived there for a short while. So, you know, these they might be friends or even allies, but, uh, you know, he did break Zemo out. So I'm curious to see how this plays out and where he's going to fall into all this. Um, and, it, you know, they, they keep kind of talking about who's going to wield the shield. And Buck keeps saying, you know, we need to take that shield back from Walker. We need to take it back. And he says to... Sam, if you won't take it, I will. And, you know, a little tease for those of us who love the, the Bucky Captain America comic books by uh, Brubaker, but, you know, I, I'm excited to see where this goes next. Again, we're at the halfway point. Really cool episodes, a lot of fun action, and uh, I'm excited for next week. So uh, I guess until then, this has been Ty for the Pop podcast, and I will see you for episode four. Wow, Ty,
0: wow. <sighs> Gotta say, you really have some poignant points there that I totally listened to before recording this part. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this. Uh, for those of you who want a little bit more of the Politipop podcast, we release an episode every Friday. This Friday, we are going to be releasing an episode on Punk Rock Jesus, a graphic novel uh, surrounding the, uh, the the resurrection of Christ in, in the form of a clone for a reality TV show. And we see if this Messiah takes to his... Uh, takes to his destiny or or not uh, but in the meantime you can listen to us and rate and review us on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast if you want to leave us a five-star review to be read right at the top of our our uh, our full uh, full-length episodes that'd be great you can do that on apple Podcasts. you can find us on youtube you can find us on twitter at politipop pod instagram at politipop podcast and email us at politipopcast at gmail.com to let us know your thoughts uh, you can also find our show notes and sources at politipoppodcast.wordpress.com. I don't really do show notes and sources for the mini-reviews, but they are up there for all of our uh, lengthier reviews because those really do require sources for the things we're talking about. Special thanks to all of you for listening, and always to Antonio Java for Logo Design. Have a great week, everybody.